Did I ever tell you I played Tinkerbell once? No. <laughs> yeah, it was when I worked at the theater in Vermont the summer before I graduated college. How, how did that work? Well, uh, in, in the play, Tinkerbell is a light cue and a sound cue, and I played the light cue. Oh, that's cute. And so anytime Tinkerbell talked, I'd start jamming that fucking light button just... <laughs> well, okay, so you weren't actually on stage. You were... No, yes, I did that on stage. I just came out with no. Of course, I was up in the light booth. Got it. Make <laughs> all right. That makes that makes a hundred percent more sense. Welcome to another episode of Nonplussed. That's Clancy. And that over there is Josh. And we are nonplussed. We are so nonplussed. We are so nonplussed. I would say we're self-quarantining, but really we just work from home and we're not very social. Yeah, I've been self-quarantined for the past Since we moved to Texas, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So... Um, we just, you know, wash your hands, stay healthy, etc. Yeah, I I did go to the HEB today and uh, it was entirely out of pasta and toilet paper which is really unfortunate i mean it's like what happens before the credits before the opening credits of a zombie movie we get it like it's fine but we don't need to focus (laughs) on any of that um and in fact in terms of um news this week i don't want to focus on any of that i just you know wash your hands be good with each other don't go out into public if you don't need to whatever the week we're recording this it came out that the live action Peter Pan. It's always funny when we go to record something, there's like recent news about something else. It's just such a funny coincidence that we seem to get recent news about something that's connected to the property that we're doing a show about. And uh, the live action Peter Pan, there's this variety article. Um, it says Disney's live action Peter Pan movie finds it's Wendy and Peter. Um, and it just says, it just starts right there. The news is, Newcomer Evan Anderson will play Wendy uh, while Alexander Maloney will play Peter Pan and Disney's live action Peter Pan pick Peter Pan and Wendy sources tell variety. So that I mean, that's happening. And it's uh, the Pete's Dragon director. We that's another one we haven't seen yet. We haven't. And I heard it's actually really good. Yeah. So, yeah, I I am uh, looking forward to seeing that. And that's really like, hey, that's neat. Um, I've, yeah. I've got concerns and we'll talk about them, <laughs> but at least it's not, you know, scary and terrifying news. So what movie are we talking about this week, Josh? We are talking about Disney's 1953 animated problematic classic, Peter Pan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was released February 5th, uh, 1953, directed by Clyde Geronimi, uh, Wilfred Jackson and Hamilton Luke. It's based on Peter and Wendy by J.M. Barry, which is the novelization of the play that he did. And the voice cast on this is Bobby Driscoll as Peter Pan. Yes, he was Jim Hawkins in uh, the live action Disney's Treasure Island. The oh, old red. One. Yeah, I yeah, didn't yeah. realize that. Just a couple years before. Um, there was uh, Catherine uh, Beaumont as Wendy Darling. Who sounds familiar because she was Alice and Alice in Wonderland. Red. Uh, Hans Conrad. He was Captain Hook and Mr. Darling. Yeah, that's actually. So in the play, that's how it was originally cast. Uh, ca- the guy who played Mr. Darling would always play Captain Hook. I went into his IMDb and he had a really long career and I never heard of any of it. Like it, just oh, wow. a lot of work on TV <laughs> in the 50s and 60s and 70s. He voiced a few. I think at one point 
voice Snidely Whiplash for something like sure, just a bananas VO career. But continue. And we've got Heather Angel. She plays Miss Darling again. Great long career. Never heard of any of it. Yeah. Uh, Bill Thompson as Mr. Smee. He also has a long VO career, but it's stuff that, you know, so like he was the voice of Droopy. He's like half of the voices in Lady and the Tramp, like the <laughs> different dogs. And they're, oh, like, he's one of the policemen. Awesome. He's the like bulldog in the um in the pound. And then in Sleeping Beauty, he's King Hubert at the oh. beginning gets drunk singing scumps. Yeah. Um, and then in Alice in Wonderland, he was the white rabbit and the dodo. Oh, that's awesome. And then he was Uncle Waldo in the Aristocats. Oh, I love the Aristocats. I know you do. Yeah. It's uh, on the list. Don't worry, y'all. Paul Collins is playing John Darling and uh, Tommy Lusk. Lusky. Tommy Lusky. One of those is probably right. <laughs> as Michael Darling. Yeah. Cool. So as we said, it's problematic. Like th- it's cr- this movie is cringingly racist. Yeah. There were points where I just couldn't look at it. It's magic. It's whimsy. It's wonder. It's it's, you know, the animation of its time. And then it becomes cringingly racist. And it's really it's really tempting, especially as like white dudes who are big Disney fans to get lost in the nostalgia and the magic swirling all around it. We can't ignore that these things happened. Yeah. This happened in time. This movie made Disney a shit ton of money. Oh, it is. And it still continues to make them. A, Absolutely. A it does. And it still continues to make that hospital. We'll get to it. It makes them a lot of money because recently the British parliament like extended their copyright on it. But that's also part of the problem because the the text is the text. Yeah. And the text is racist as fuck. And there's just no getting around it. I, I feel like you could ask yourself, do we still need this? Do we still need this story? But the answer is like, if only for academic purposes, if only to acknowledge that this is a thing that happened and this is gross and awful. You know, it, it's one of those things where like Disney had not included a lot of movies or didn't include like Song of the South on Disney Plus. Right. Right. Um, They chose to include this and they chose to include this in its original theatrical release. Like they didn't, there's no editing. It's, right. uh, it, it, it is exactly as it was presented in 1953. And there's value in that. If, if only for the discussions that need to happen, that have to happen for sure. when a child sees this with their parent. But I, you know, it's, it's worth acknowledging that I don't have any perspective. What's neither of us has any perspective whatsoever on Outside of, you know, being homosexuals and and having to deal with, you know, our lives. Wait, we're gay. <laughs> we, we don't have the, we do not have that perspective. No, 100% of, not. Of what, it, what is essentially centuries, really, of just, of explaining, like, being like, oh, yes, no, that we can talk about these people this way. Yeah. Despite how we've treated them and everybody's fine with that. And it's not okay. It's not. And that needs to be addressed. Anyway, we're going to talk about this movie and we're going to, you know, discuss it like we would anything else. We just thought it was worthwhile to go a bit beyond the standard disclaimer that they've attached to some of their older stuff. Yeah, this is it was a rough movie. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Every time. I mean, not for nothing. Tiger Lily never speaks. Oh, my God. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Well. Just another another disclaimer here. All of our research is done on Wikipedia and IMDb. Yep. Um, we also had a couple of uh, other other resources that we pulled in because of. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna link them in the show notes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I just wanted to make sure that that's you know everybody's aware that the show notes exist and that yes. you can you can look at all that stuff that yes. we've been looking at. 
Well, we we very rarely have any original thoughts and chances are we're not going to waste them on this podcast. <laughs> no, that's rude. That it was very ladies bit. who lunch of me. So speaking of the the standard disclaimer, you'll see this on a lot of the older stuff on Disney Plus. I think we've talked about it before. Yep. This program is presented as originally created. It may does contain outdated cultural depictions. Yeah, so the movie starts uh, with a kind of interesting title card. This is not really something we've seen in any other Disney movie up to this point. It says, Walt Disney Productions is grateful to the hospital for sick children, Great Ormond Street, uh, London, which Sir James Barry gave his copyright to Peter Pan. Yeah, so essentially when J.M. Barry died... He bequeathed Peter Pan. That's such a gross word. <laughs> it's got a TH, honey, not an F. I know, but still. <laughs> they hold the rights to Peter Pan and British Parliament even, re- like I said, yep. they recently extended it. And so productions of Peter Pan still have to get approved. And so this is their way, I guess. I, I don't know if this was in the contract or what, but this is how they were crediting them. Like I said, they're still approving, which means they still get royalties. And part of that uh, bequest, part of that bequest <laughs> was that they never reveal how much they've made off of Peter Pan. Oh, interesting. I didn't realize that was a thing. Yeah, apparently it is. Oh, wow. Wikipedia. One of the things that I noticed really first off the bat with this was the film is actually an Academy ratio. So it's it looks like it's uh, four by three or like square, right? Okay. I, I did a little bit of research into this because I was a little bit interested to see like why this was presented this way. I thought that they would have presented it in widescreen sure but they didn't do that so uh, this was actually the last movie that disney animated besides fantasia that was in the uh, academy ratio which is 130 1.37 aspect ratio oh okay so uh, i just thought it was really interesting because like i really hadn't noticed that on any of the older movies because disney over the years has different editions of these dvds that had that had it matted and widescreen, but it's good to see that in Disney plus that they're kind of going back to, this was the original theatrical presentation of the movie and that's how they display it. That's one of those things that you really nerd out about, but you got a film degree and I've got a theater degree and I'm not being dismissive. I just, you just said a bunch of words and I have no idea what you're talking about. It's, it's the, the, the ratio of it, like, you know, widescreen. Yeah. 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 Yeah, there's there's a there's a lot of history here. Basically, the movie industry in 1953 decided that Academy ratio wasn't really a thing anymore. And that's when they went to anamorphic, which was essentially widescreen. But up, but up. Oh, all right. On to the bedroom. I hate this opening credits music. It's the song is called The Second Start of the Right. And this is actually a fun fact was originally written as a song for Alice in Wonderland. It was it's in the Wikipedia. It must be true. It must be true. I don't know if the if it's about choral style of the 50s that I just generally dislike. I just, it's not my cup of tea. Yeah. He said grabbing his cup of tea. <laughs> anyway, we get into it. Yeah. Uh, so with the first, the first scene is essentially them in the bedroom. This is after the title card. Oh, well, but we get that narrator that says oh, all right. this has happened before and will happen again. Is that from the original play? Yeah. I think so. I think, I think so. Too. Yeah. I think. And it's also, again, funny enough, part of the ethos for the 2004 reboot of Battlestar Galactica. 
there's a version of that that's repeated as like part of their scripture throughout the series. Oh yeah. Which is probably why to me, this intro sounds ominous as fuck. <laughs> it <laughs> just kind of does. This has all happened before and it's going to happen again and you can't change any of it. Anyway, we get into the bedroom. Yeah. I, I'm just going to say this out front. I, I, I do not like Mr. Darling. Mr. Darling is a dick. Everyone, uh, everyone in this movie, except for Wendy is a dick. Pretty much. At, at well, some Wendy point. and Mrs. Darling. Yeah. Yeah. There's, well, and Nana. Yeah. The no, I had not. to think about it for a second, but you're correct. Nana is blameless. Completely blameless. Put upon. She, yeah. Put upon. Uh, One of the most put upon dogs in the Disney canon. But anyways, uh, so apparently this dog can spell and also can deliver medication, which I, I thought was kind of insane. It's not that she spells. She can identify alphabetical order. Yeah. But I mean, that's She's putting it ABC. And when it wasn't in correct order, she put it in correct order. So you, right. you think that it's just muscle memory or something like that? Or like, well, no, it's visual. It's this looks right. And this looks wrong. Fair enough. I mean, dogs are smart when the castle got knocked or when like block castle got knocked over. She rebuilt it exactly the way it was. Precisely. It's yeah. a visual thing. That, that said, I wouldn't trust Obi to administer my allergy medication. So I don't know what's going on <laughs> with the kids and their nighttime tonic. Yeah. Although it could. What do you think that nighttime tonic morphine. is? Morphine. Is it? I mean, it wasn't uncommon at the turn of the last century to like, you know, give your kids a little night night juice. Oh, no. To keep them asleep through the night. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. A little night quill never hurt anyone. I mean, the only thing that. <laughs> The only thing that makes me think that it's not morphine is that Nana has some and doesn't immediately die. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> also, dogs ears don't work like that. No, <laughs> like they're like an extra set of appendages. Oh, that Disney magic. That Disney magic. Again, Nana is blameless. Mr. Darling gets so mad at her when he trips over her. And it's just like, she has literally been dancing around you trying to avoid your fat ass for the past 10 minutes. It's not her fault. You're a and damn is raising your goddamn is children. raising your children. This is literally free childcare. Uh, and you're going to treat this dog like this. Awful. No, sir. We get our first poppycock. Pen pirate poppycock. <laughs> Shantae, you stay. Great word. I have no idea where it comes from, but yeah, it's just, it's so, it's so fun to hear. But yeah, this guy has three kids and acts like imagination is bad. Yeah. I'm not sure what they're getting at here. You know, we're introduced to Wendy. Well, we're introduced to John and Michael and they're playing Peter Pan. And I can't remember, and I didn't bother to look it up, if the play itself or the story itself was self-referential like that. Mm. Like, and again, this goes back to the ominous, like this has all happened. Yeah. Um, they're aware of Peter Pan as a concept, almost as if he's like mythology. Mr. Darling gets very fed up with all of this fantasy nonsense. And in his defense, his kids drew a treasure map on his last clean shirt front. Mr. Darling gets fed up. <laughs> yes, he gets fed up. Um, Like, like Josh was saying, his, his shirt had been drawn on with chalk which easily wiped off. Sure. Mrs. Darling took care and of that immediately. Also, but, Wendy is babbling. If you're a normal person and you don't know what's going on, she's, Oh yeah, I saw his shadow. Nana was playing with it. She's like, I mean, really Wendy's just babbling on about this Peter Pan stuff. She's like, I have something of his, his shadow. And Mrs. Darling looks up like, Oh, is my daughter a witch? Like <laughs> she's like the look on her face is like, what are you? You got who's what now? She this she's had too much morphine. Maybe we need to cut her dosage in half. Probably a little bit. But his response to that is, oh, well, she just needs to grow up and we're going to give her her own room, which 
I mean, they're really heartbroken about, but girl, I'd be excited for that. Exactly. So. I never, I was, I was in my th- second year of college before I ever understood the concept of having my own room. I always shared rooms. And so I, especially like ch- two young boys get me the out just out. Yes. I remember my sister at that age. Like I'm absolutely, yeah, no, 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 no. It seems like cons for celebration. And apparently it's not, it's the point. Yeah. And I mean, just, just to the father being just very much a dick. Like he, he just wants all this respect, but doesn't like want to earn any of it. Like sure. it just, it's, uh, and now presumably there are other people who like other staff in this house because that's the era. But these two parents are going out and leaving their drugged children to sleep without any supervision whatsoever, including oh the gosh. dog who can literally like, I'm now just making that connection. Take care of they them. are literally drugging them. So they just go to sleep and then they don't have to worry about. Yes. Them. And you oh know what God. happens? A demon child climbs <laughs> in the window to, to, to verbally assault your oldest. Peter Pan enters the room. Tinkerbell Peter, right Peter behind. Peter Pan enters the room, followed Through by Tinkerbell, window, who yeah. is another woman in this movie who never speaks. Doesn't speak, but she does get to that mirror, like that's just like sitting on the desk and is feeling herself. She like, is yes, and yeah, no, she's she's a pinup girl. Yeah, no, for a sure, voiceless pinup girl. Which uh, I mean, look. There used to be a tobacco shop in Disneyland in Main Street. There was a tobacco shop there. Yeah. You ladies used to be able to buy like lingerie and sleepwear. Like Walt's idea of for the family was a literal one. Literally yeah. something for everyone, not something that is palatable to everyone at once. And so yeah, uh, which is to say Tinkerbell's a pen up girl on purpose. Yeah. I mean, she did become like basically the 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 face of most of sure and i tinkerbell's a bitch and i just don't understand like why do women i did like she's she's just all now fairies are just like because they're so tiny their emotions are bigly felt Mm -hmm. you know bigly listen to me and so like i get that but that translates in this film too yeah i hate it yeah Uh, Peter is also just as much of an asshole. Yeah. There's that one point where Peter's like, get on with it, girl. When she's sewing his shadow on, it's like, Oh, right. You're such a little dick. He is such a, he's such an asshole. And I just, uh, he's a dick. And in the book, in the, I keep doing this. Like, and you pointed out in the book, like he calls, if he thinks some of the lost boys are getting too old, he picks them off. Yeah. Literally murders them. And, and, He's a demon child. If you look at Peter Pan literally like it, it quickly becomes a horror story. Once upon a time. That's how they played Peter Pan. Remember? Oh, that's right. Oh yeah. We never finished watching it. We did. We never finished watching that. And I, I, that was actually, I liked that. That was fun. It was, it was fun for a while. (laughs) (laughs) Well, moving along, we move on to the, you can fly. Tink is jealous as fuck. What is fairy dust? What is fairy dust? Is it her dandruff? Is it like pollen? In which case, gross that's like genetic well, I material think it's just like the the manifestation he of her spanks magic. that little fairy and it sprinkles on them what is fairy dust and how is it produced i don't i, I really don't know this is what i'm saying these are the questions first off if video games have taught me anything especially kingdom hearts where you play this story this world yeah flying is not this intuitive that like a <laughs> little bit of pixie faith, trust in pixie dust. Like that's fine as a mantra, 
But f- there's you no have way. Those happy thoughts too. Those kids, you can't tell me that little baby wouldn't have smashed right into a wall before making it out that window. And we'll discuss this because this is it's a gorgeous scene. From this point on, every time you see Wendy try to fly on her she own, she's like she's flapping. trying to swim. Yeah, like she's, she's straight up flapping <laughs> like a bird. Because that's the way it works. Apparently. For Wendy. For Wendy. It works every it works different for everybody else. Michael snatches up Tink during this sequence and yes. then sprinkles fairy test on Nana, who is tied to the ground. Michael is an asshole. Yeah. He sque- squeezes that little fairy and sprinkles Nana, who's whose butt starts to levitate and she like this poor dog. She free Nana. Free hashtag free Nana. And as they're like, again, this is a gorgeous scene. They kind of go over London, the big Ben shot. It's a classic shot. It's they land on it and they change the time for the entire city. It's just like in Mary Poppins (laughs) too. I think they're correcting that mistake actually. Oh, um, I that's headcanon. I don't know if it's actually real. That's actually rad. I I mean, that would be so fun. I wouldn't be surprised. It's something to to see what do. Josh had me pause the movie at one point because all of the characters were flying in a row. It's a gorgeous shot. And the thing is, is that Disney wanted this to be his second animated film, but because technology wasn't quite up to date, they couldn't do it. And so even with the best technology of the day, they did not have faces for a solid two, three seconds of this shot. Yeah. It's which doesn't sound like a lot, but in a 70 minute movie. Yeah. You notice it. <laughs> well, cause we pause, and I mean, we, I mean, not to say that we don't pause these movies while we're watching it. Right. Like, but we had to go back explicitly for this. I was like, wait, no, no potato faces. (laughs) Peter is leading a gaggle of potato faces. And this is suddenly a doctor who episode. And I'm terrified. Oh no. So they take off to the, to the, to the North star, right? That's what it is. No, it's the second star to the right straight on till morning. Got it. I think that there is scholarly work that has been done to justify which star is what, which one Jay and Barry would have been talking about. Sure. I haven't read any of it. So let's not even try to speculate and move right on to the fact that well, they go to that. Star. These kids are somehow flying through space. <laughs> well, they don't, they, they basically get over the clouds. We've only then- got one moon. Where is Neverland? If it's a star, I don't f- think it's a star. I think the star trying- is just the second direction. star to the right. Right. It's just, it's a, it's a marker. Like this is where you're going. See, and I've then, always and interpreted it as, it. A, as outer space. No, because they basically get like above the clouds and then it. So what is appears. it like the Bermuda triangle? M- maybe, or like, I don't know, it's, a flying ship. It, the very first know. gay cruise ever got lost in the Bermuda triangle. <laughs> and this is what happened as a result. Cause there were rainbows everywhere. As the, we get to this pirate ship. Uh, with a crew that just uh, is clearly, I mean, maybe we've seen too much treasure Island. It's clearly on the brink of mutiny and includes a Scotsman and a Swede. Just in insubordinate to the highest degree. And hook or captain hook doesn't care at all. No, never address. He's smoking two cigars at once. (laughs) This is normal for children to see hashtag tobacco, hashtag tobacco watch. They're flinging around guns and knives (laughs) And it's just a bunch of men and they are singing as gaily as can be pretty much. Uh, yeah. Again, we get some, some gun violence in here. Just, I mean, yeah, I I think we actually did see a murder. There's, there's a few, but I mean like it's, so it's the song of pirates life is all, is all what this, you know, all what's going on. Mm -hmm. It's just a gay cruise ship full of barbershop singer. (laughs) All right. Um, Mr. Smee 
is giving Captain Hook a shave, wraps him all up in in a in a in a hot towel, completely covers his head for whatever reason. Yeah, and a seagull lands. Well, on- no, no, no. Wait, they do that when you're getting a shave like that. It's a thing to like open your pores and stuff. Like you get a hot towel wrap. Oh, like, and that, it goes over your entire face. Yes, that you've seen this happen. You've been right. present when this happens. Right, but why would he assume? Did, did he think that Captain Hook? No, he he forgot about the face being underneath the towel for some reason because he's busy making quippy lines to the crocodile about no handouts today hardy har yeah because it was a hand oh right oh lord clancy did you not get that yeah okay no i got it okay yeah i wrote that in here i said no handouts to the to the okay it just looked like the light bulb was turning on for the first time and i got scared (laughs) for a second no i understood the 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 puns that he was making yes okay good but that seagull lands because he thinks he's found a new nest and then smee straight up shaves that bird's ass straight up shaves it and that bird don't why he thought that Captain Hook had feathers on his face. Literally not like, paying attention. Literally like nothing whatsoever. No. And then suddenly he just he's takes just that like whatever smacking that bare bird ass with some talc. <laughs> right. Well, no, it was the aftershave. That's why oh, the bird right. perked up because you know presumably there's alcohol in there and that it's a little spicy. Um, spicy bird butt. Spicy bird butt. And then at, at one point when he's freaking out about it, he has these little jazz hands, and it's kind of hilarious. Also, we get Captain Hook almost becoming Gizmo Duck when he says "blithering blockhead." Oh yes, it's like just a few syllables away from "blathering blatherskythe." <laughs> Peter Pan arrives. They 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 or sorry, they see Peter Pan arrive. Yes, and they're making this plan to capture Peter Pan because Pan threw his hands at the crocodile. <laughs> the crew is not on board with this. They're like, no. we don't care about your goddamn hand. Let's just get the hell out of here. There's nothing here for us. We're literally chasing children. And Hook's like, like no, is- shoot the cannon at him. Yeah. So, so they shoot a cannon that they reload almost immediately. Yeah. I don't know how that, how that magic cannon works. This is after they've decided that kidnapping Tiger Lily, who is the princess of the native tribe, because maybe she'll know where Pan's hideout is. Yeah. And then he's here and they're shooting at them. They sh- they're just shooting cannons at these child children. Who are standing on clouds. None of this makes any damn sense. This island is not big. No. How is it that you haven't been able to find their hideout? This tree, which we'll get to not. It's got a bunch of holes in it and like Mm. doors and stuff. Like, come on. So Peter Pan basically sends them off to to the hangman's tree. Yep. And um, Tink. Yep. Yeah. I was going to just say Tink intercepts them and tries to convince the lost boys to kill them all. Well, and Peter tells. Peter tells Tink to go ahead and, t- and let them know. Tink she, is leading them there. She outpaces them and she beats them there and convinces the lost boys that they're a threat. Yeah. Upon arrival. And during this, we see fish in the hideout. They're like inside the tree. So think of like a hollowed out tree. There's a hole that's in the roof and there are fishes and water just suspended. Yeah. In the and air. The fi- one of the fish even like dips his head, just like a fish might come above water. It dips below. It dips below. Never explained, and they never go back to it. No, well, they they pass by it a couple times, but then once the hideout's destroyed, they don't really do anything with it. So yeah, they they're setting out to murder the windy bird, and um, 
Peter finally shows up and he banishes that. Like, it, like there's all of this is an allegory for like gay social groups. <laughs> Pretty much. The really bitchy fairies being exiled because she tried to kill the new bitch. It's this. It's almost a soap opera. It's almost a gay soap opera. Yeah. This is where we get the song following the leader. Yes. Peter goes to show Wendy the island and, and um, John and Michael stay behind with the lost boys and they're going to go attack the native tribe because this is a thing that happens. It's like a game they play. Yeah. It's a real shitty game. And you know, it's again, it's much more racist than the actual source material. Yeah. And they also call them Aborigines at one point, which isn't even accurate. Not even in the, not even the the least. No. What is, it's hard to watch. It is. There it's is a, uh, there is a, a, a friendly hippo yeah. in this movie, which is, a, a, yes. you know, hashtag hippo watch. Hashtag hippo watch. <laughs> you know what this scene reminds me of? It's kind of like if it's kind of like Lord of the flies, but they're all furries. <laughs> That's what this is kind of like. And they're not even the names from the, ugh. <laughs> I, I hope this is good content because like, Again, it's it's magical. It's Peter Pan. It's God. This film is disgusting. It is. It's not great. So Peter's showing Wendy around the island and we get just some half naked ladies. These mermaids. Oh, yeah. One of them has starfish on her boobs. You know what's on the on the underside of a starfish? Mouths. <gasps> yeah. I don't like that. Right on her nipples. I do. Ugh. Right. Oh, no. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. Oh, no. Everything about this is awful it. she might be <laughs> so bad everything about this is and the awful. other mermaid just has her like uh blonde hair covering her yeah her for, all, for all we like I, the implication i think is there's something there but we don't get we only see hair yeah and once again like all these new girls are like who's this and start attacking trying to literally tr- the, oh, we were just trying to drown her this whole island is inhabited by hostile life forms everyone's a dick nobody likes outsiders well nobody likes wendy they're fine with michael and john it's wendy this whole movie is a parable for don't meet your heroes because she was such a huge peter pan fan and he's dragging her all around this place damn near getting her killed multiple times and has no like laughs off anything that bad that happens to her and she just lets it happen right don't meet your heroes kids anyways uh so while this is happening the the lost boys get ambushed by the native americans because tiger lily has been kidnapped she is missing right and they blame the lost boys right so captain hook takes tiger lily into skull rock and pan and wendy like see this happening mr smee is is tying an anchor to tiger lily and they're threatening to push her into the water um well it's low tide and so like they're like talk and if you don't talk you're gonna drown right um which tiger lily doesn't talk (laughs) and doesn't talk for any of the movie it's like oh rad she's right or die she's not gonna give up her buddy and really it's like oh hey we're not gonna have to pay a voice actress it doesn't matter that this character doesn't have a voice, even though she's a plot point. Uh, anyway, so we get a, uh, uh, a kind of a fight scene between Captain Hook and Peter Pan, where Peter Pan is uh, impersonating Captain Hook um, very well. 
hands. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Here's the thing: is does his hat make him sound like just anyone, or just like? Hook? I think it's misdirection of his voice, so it sounds like it's coming from somewhere else than where he's actually sitting. I think that's the implication. Wait, I mean, it comes off like this is my magic hat and its special power. It's one weird special power. Is that's that exactly it? what it is, <laughs> and it makes me sound like Captain Hook. Yeah, the pixie dust is also in that, and that makes that do that. Hat. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I can't identify with Hook here because really Peter is an annoying twink and sometimes they're just too much to deal with. <laughs> like really, oh you can look gosh. at this whole movie, I mean, including the racism, as like a parable for like 21st century gay culture. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Anyways. Um, uh so the croc makes the same sound that Maleficent does when she snaps her jaws as a dragon. When he's doing his, it's the same sound. Oh, that's awesome. I, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's the same sound. I didn't look it up, but like that's, it's that clashing, gnashing sound. Yeah, that they yeah, use. yeah. Speaking and of Foley the crocodile, work, I absolutely love and is also faultless. The crocodile is faultless. What's <laughs> funny is in the play, kind of like there's Mr. Darling and Captain Hook played by the same person. Nana mm-hmm. and the crocodile played by the same oh. person. Oh, that's yeah, yeah. delightful. And so that's why the crocodile is kind of like dog like. Oh, that. Yes, I can see that. And also a little bit uh, odd with its physics. At one point, it like puts an elbow up on the surface of the water and leans. <laughs> I do. I do remember. What <laughs> you're talking like, about. That's not how water works. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. That's the, not the how any that, of this works. The way works. that this crocodile manipulates water to its will it's is delightful. I mean, hook is just the worst captain. How did I mean, or the worst pirate? How did he become captain? Yeah, I don't know. He's really bad at this. He's yeah, he is really bad at this. Yeah. Hook's got a whole ass thigh and half a nipple out and, and Smee can't keep his damn glass glasses on long enough to steer a dinghy as they're trying yeah. to get away from this crocodile. They save tiger Lily and take her back. So then we get to the racist number. What makes a red man red? Yeah. Now we're not going to dive. I don't want to dive into this the way that we dive into anything else. I don't no. want to, you know, pick out lyrics or whatever. Like the whole thing is problematic. This is the only time that these characters speak in complete sentences and it's to tell bad jokes and bad puns about uh, their, their race, their identity. The women are either overbearing, ugly or completely silent in the case of tiger Lily, as we've mentioned already. Yep. Their, their, their imagery is insensitive and it, it just it's important to identify why it's problematic but i don't want to deep dive into it yeah i don't either i, I watching this i felt incredibly gross and yeah. i just and there was there was just a degree of like i didn't want to look at this it was i it, it was just awful and I, I mean, at this point, it's it's mostly just used as a tool. Of, well, yeah, hey, that's that's why we engage with this is we go. This yeah. is what a cultural concept was like in 1953. And right. they, they do it with that kind of milk toast disclaimer at the top. Like it's an outdated cultural depiction, but it's also incredibly oh offensive. God. I mean, I get why they say it that way. And that's the way that they say it on pretty much anything that has. Sure, sure, sure. It, it covers it. It, yep. it covers all of all of these missteps and, it you know, it's it's worth examining and it's worth remembering and it's worth pointing out like, Hey, this isn't okay. And we're better than this. And I think that that's, that's why there's merit in examining the piece as a whole. But like we said at the beginning, like the text itself is racist. The text is the text and the whole, the whole shebang is just icky. Yeah. Don't like it. Let's move on. We're skipping over it. We're and just we're going to brush right to past it. Hook on the piano. <laughs> And, you know, I'm going to bring out this 
I like talking about this scene because we talked about it in Frank and Ollie and we actually paid attention to how that hook moved on the piano. And when you watch it, like the music really does line right up. It's animated perfectly. It is. It's really, really well done. And this is hook enacting his little plan that he had mentioned earlier about how like you can manipulate a jealous woman into anything or whatever. Like Jesus. I hate it. I uh, And it's, but again, it's worth, it's worth knowing like, yeah, yeah, people, this was, oh, this line got a laugh when it originally, all the adults in the room laughed. Yeah. And all of the children in the room hold the, heard the adults in the room laughing at the fact that you can manipulate. Uh, it's irresponsible. Yeah. I, I just, I, but the scene at the piano was animated beautifully. It was. So his, like, his hook gliding across the keys do it's it's very kind of syncopated in terms of the way that that he's playing with it and it sounds like how you would play a piano with a hook and i thought that was really that was really well done it's perfect yep and then so he convinces tink to give up the location even though she makes him promise not to harm them well no not to lay a finger on them yeah he makes a promise and he keeps that promise look (laughs) that map that she marks up and she's, you know, it's 20 paces here. Do this, do west, blah, 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 blah. Oh, she dips her feet into the ink and walks across. And the final destination is literally already a location on the map. She right. couldn't have just gone to that and circled it. But also, I'm sorry, Hook. There's like six things on that map. And this is the one you haven't checked yet. Right. Uh, this whole scene, Smee is drunk as fuck. He is. It's probably the delightful. best thing about the movie because <laughs> he's just like, I see my, I Smee myself. He Smees himself. I, I Frequently, I have a sexy Smee costume. Yeah, he does a Disney bound uh, as Smee, and it is delightful and, and really accurate. easy to do. Well, it started as an accident. I was at work one day back when I still had a full-time job, mm-hmm. and uh, Casey asked, uh, this was like right when I had started working in PR, Casey's like, I'm sorry, I have to ask because it's going to bother me if I don't. Did you mean to dress like Smee for work today? <laughs> And I looked down and I was in like dark blue shorts and a blue and white striped top. And I was like, I didn't, but just give me a red beanie. And I finally got a Disney bound. I've been trying to do this. Yeah. And here we are. It's pretty great. We have a couple of red beanies now just for that purpose. Yeah. So they know where Peter lives. They're going back to the hangman's tree. And Wendy is being their mother. Sings them a little (laughs) lullaby called your mother and mine. That is, it deifies the concept of mother, which sure. I mean, whatever floats your boat. So essentially, Captain Hook is performing a terrorist attack. On children. They have a present that has a bomb inside it. Yeah. And they're dropping it into... The hideout. The hideout. Yeah. Well, so in the in the play and in the book, like Hook sneaks in while they're sleeping and poisons Peter's medicine. Okay. And this is... Because this is where you get, um, like... Peter goes to drink it and Tink like dives kind of like when she comes to try to stop him from opening the present after all the kids have been kidnapped right in the play. She tries to stop him from drinking it and she drinks all the poison herself. And I remember this because this is one of the other times I got to act as Tinkerbell in that play because she goes into the bottle and it was actually a different light cue because like she's the spotlight. There were three of oh, us. That's cute. That's why there were three of us because one, whenever Tinkerbell would fly, it was the spotlight. When she'd land, it was me. And when she would oh. talk, it was Jaime. That's why there were three of us up there. <laughs> anyway, this tangent has a point because, you know, there's that whole thing about like you have to tell a fairy you believe in it and clap to get them to come back to life. That whole thing. Yeah, that that's was not a big a, point in hook. 
Right. It's not in this. No, not at but all. But it's in the original Got because it. Tinkerbell drinks that poison and dies and Peter Pan turns to the audience is like, say you believe and clap and like he breaks the fourth wall. And okay. Yeah, yeah I can see why they removed it. Yeah, it makes sense. So uh, instead they have a terrorist attack on children. The kids leave and get captured by pirates. They do. They, they exit the tree. The Peter, pirates are waiting outside. Peter finds the gift. The kids are back on the boat and they're like, oh, Peter's going to be dead soon at 6 p.m. for some damn reason. Yeah, because like, that's when the clock is going to go off. Oh, right. Because they do like the elegant Captain Hook. Like they have, there's a whole like the, the, there's the celebratory song. Yep. They're going to like the kids have to. They're trying to recruit them as a pirate. And if they don't do that, they walk the plank. Yes. That's that's kind of the idea. It's a pack of bears trying to convince tweaks to come to a leather party. That's what it is. <laughs> Oh, I love this in the context of, of gay culture. <laughs> this is amazing. Oh, hashtag gay pirates. Uh, but yeah, so then like all of that's going on and then we cut back to, to Peter going. Well, like he's, he's yeah, he's literally checking the clock. I'm sorry. That's a boy who hasn't hit puberty yet and he's going to stay young forever. You mean to tell me he's going to actually wait till 6 p.m. to open that present? Exactly. Like Tink overhears what the plan is and breaks out of the lantern that she's been trapped in mm-hmm. and then flies at a thousand miles an hour yeah. because there's literally 10 seconds left on that clock when she breaks out of that thing. I mean, magic, dude. <laughs> magic. Yeah. And then it's she's in there and she's trying to talk to Peter about it. And this whole scene is kind of like R2-D2 and Luke Skywalker. <laughs> I don't know why I said it's Luke Skywalker, but it's because Luke, there's the it's it's Luke Skywalker. Luke Squawker. Luke Squawker. Because it's like beep boop bar boop boop. What do you mean, R2? It's a bomb. Like it's it's the same <laughs> it's the same kind of thing. And then it blows up, but he he survives it somehow. I don't know. Yeah, he's well, under a beam. He's under a beam and he finds Tink and all is forgiven. And so we get back and Wendy, Wendy's walking the plank. Yeah. Cause she's refusing to be a pirate, but also can't fly anymore. I guess I get it wears off. I think that's or is it because the, her arms are bound behind her back and she can't flap. <laughs> that's exactly is that why is. she can't fly no, on her own. She, she was struggling to fly like while they were on the Island and Peter had to kind of like pick her up and take her with her a bit. You could have just stopped it. She was struggling. Like that's just been, this whole film has just been a struggle it for Wendy struggle. Uh, so she, she gets knocked off and Peter grabs her. Yeah. Well, there's not a splash. They all freak out that there's not a splash mm-hmm. and yeah, Peter Pan actually saved her. And then there's a big fight between Peter and, uh, Captain hook. And to me, it's just out. Like he, yeah. he's just like, nah, I'm done. I'm going to take my shit. Your shit. He rum. packs a boat. My boys. See you at Folsom. Like, it's <laughs> just, he's just getting out. He's done. So Captain hook, to make to even the odds because he cut off his hand. Peter is fighting with one hand behind his back. Peter gets cocky. And also he's also can't fly or he's told not to fly or something like that. I don't know. But again, like this is one of those iconic scenes. It's, it was in phantasmic, even the live show for the longest time, like mm-hmm. the pirate ship fight and oh, them yeah. fighting behind, you know, in the hand behind the back and it's iconic. And there are things in this, in this film that are, independently beautiful and wonderful and it's just all so spoiled by the ick yeah there's a scene where or, or there's a there's a part in this scene where the pirates are ascending to the crow's nest to get at the kids and the crow's nest is the gay bar on the ship and he chomps right through that sword oh yeah 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 just wham. captain hook gets defeated he has to call himself a codfish yeah um and then he gets skipped across the lake across the lagoon 
right under the boat that is they are rowing out of the water. Yeah. Because, you know, water physics here. So sure. Yeah. Um, Tinkerbell makes the ship a gold ship. She <laughs> releases her pollen all over this boat. <laughs> and they uh they they float away and we basically cut to Wendy in a window. No, so Mrs. Window Darling still. sleeping at the window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or was it Mrs. Darling though sleeping at the window? No, Wendy was sleeping at the window. And Mrs. Mrs. Darling, Darling comes, comes in, in and yes. then sees Wendy there yes, and is yes, like, yes. what are you doing by the window? I miss it because in the play, like Mrs. Darling has realized they're gone and she's waiting for them when they get back. Yeah, that's that's not a thing here. There was there there was a uh, I, I mean, there's a deleted scene of this scene. Yeah. Where there's they there's a little bit more context as to what happens on the on the ship ride back. Yeah, they they they. they quote unquote fight some clouds like it's NBD. Yeah. yeah. And honestly, I kind of like the way that it ended a bit um, quickly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it resolves and that's it. Um, but, but it's, it's nice that it goes from that to she's in the window and then we resolve all of that. Nana is, is, is redeemed. Yeah. And that's the best part of this. And movie. She's, she's a grown up now. She's like, I've seen a lot of racism and kind of watched over some wild boys. And if that doesn't make you an adult, I don't know what does. Yeah. I'll be going to my own room, please. And thank you. And then Mr. Darling suddenly sees a ship in the clouds and remembers that he was once a kid too. And maybe he should stop being such a dick to his children. The end. Jesus. Uh, yeah. And this is when I turned to Josh and was like, yeah, this, this all happens during one night and it kind of blew my mind. A bit. Even though I there is a day night cycle in Neverland. Yeah. Which I mean, time is not a thing in time. Neverland, obviously because I mean, it's the Bermuda triangle. Right, 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 right. So it's whatever. a gay cruise lost in the Bermuda triangle. All right. So I talked a little bit about the, some of the deleted scenes. Yeah. Um, there is another deleted scene of Wendy arriving or, or sorry of Wendy and the, and the boys arriving in Neverland with Nana. Like it's a different, yep. it's a completely different start and it kind of changes like the Wendy bird, the whole like death to the Wendy bird scene. Yeah. There's a, a you know, I said it last time we don't get to see boobs very often in, in any of these movies. And in these extras, there's a storyboard that includes mermaids. And in the storyboards, those ladies were topless. Yeah, there was. I mean, I don't, I don't remember seeing any nips, but no, but there definitely was uncovered boobs. Yeah. So, uh, and honestly, the style, like, I mean, it's just kind of funny the way that like these movies evolve went during production, but the style that they had on these storyboards was much more pinup style. Well, it was popular style, right? Yeah. Like it, it's, I don't think it's uncommon to storyboard in, in, in either a common style or your own style mm -hmm. and then transition to, right. I feel like that's common. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Cause that's what they're comfortable with. That's what they're, they're, they're fast at drawing. Right. Like, right. Yeah. Um, and I just thought it was really beautiful. It was, it was a really, it was a really neat. Absolutely. Um, uh, neat art style. And what's funny is, um, this was the last film that the nine old men worked on together as directing animators. Yep. Which is why that other documentary called growing up the nine old men was featured on the anniversary edition of Peter Pan. Oh, that's yep. cool. But it's oh, not because yeah, we look for that in Disney plus and it wasn't there. I was going to say it's not in our extras. We yeah. haven't searched for it independently though. So that's interesting. Yeah. Um, I don't know. This movie made a lot of money. So the budget for the movie on uh box office mojo is listed as $4 million. Um, it doesn't say if it was adjusted for inflation or anything like that, but that's what that is worldwide. It made $87 million. Um, 
which is a pretty good amount of money. I mean, it's a lot of money. Yeah. Um, especially for, I mean, their return on that, if it truly was $4 million, that's a, that's pretty incredible, but yeah. you know, the Hollywood reporter, funny enough, last year reposted their original review of this. Mm-hmm. And I mean, true to form, it doesn't really uh, address any of the problems with the film, which I did notice that too. Like I was going and looking at reviews while we were researching this and I was like, I'm, I'm going to be inundated with all of this. You know, it's, it's, it's it's culturally insensitive and And so like, it's good for a laugh. I'm like, it's God. It's not though. And even on rotten tomatoes, like it's 80% critic and uh, 80% audience. The perception of, of Peter Pan is one of nostalgia and wistfulness and magic. And I think that there is something there's some there for me, there's an odd feeling of going, this is, this is a thing that I love and I love to consume. And I remember enjoying this film as a child comma. Also it's bad. Right. But that's the thing though, is like, I just, I, I didn't, I don't appreciate this movie. No, I don't. I appreciate its legacy. Sure. Like what? I mean, you know, there's something to be said about movies that every movie that is made or sorry, every movie that comes after it is some, you know, will pull from, what we've learned from that. And like, yeah, it's academically, it's something that we can look back on and be like, Hey, this is, this is the way that this was, this work. how this happened. It's an artifact. It is an artifact. And there are things to be learned from it. And not all those things are good. I don't ever need to see it again. I don't either. as an adult. I don't think so. (sighs) I think I'm, I think I'm done with this. I've soured on Peter. Yeah. On Peter Pan. Like I, I, yeah. And even the, the ride at Disney, like I, cause I asked you, I was like, do they have, and it's one little tr- section when the they're tribe? flying over. Cause you know, they go through London and then you go past and there's like the one corner where they're, yeah. you hear the music and it's not as overtly problematic. And I think it's worth, again, it needs to be remembered that this was a thing. And like, let's, yeah, I don't think it should be swept under the rug either. No, because if you I, remove it, that's just as bad. It if is. You remove it from the right. If you remove it from the film, it's as if it never happened. Like if they re-edited this and then put that up on Disney Plus, I think that would be even worse. It's aired without those scenes before. It has, like yes, on network you're TV, right. mm-hmm. which is fine, I guess. I I don't know. I can't. I I don't feel like I have any authority or even the the education to assert anything beyond this is gross and I don't need to see it again. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it is, it is worth noting that. So the sequel to this movie was called return to Neverland 2002, right? Yep. In 2002, uh, the native American, native Americans and tribes that was, that was completely removed, completely removed. It's not even a hook, which isn't a Disney property, but like all of that subplot not shown at all because there's a lot of parallels between hook and the original story, which yep. kind of goes back into this has all happened before and will happen again. Um, they cut the, all of it. Oh, sorry. So I, I have a, I have an update on the, bu- on the box office here. Oh, um, so adjusted for inflation and incorporating subsequent releases, the film has a lifetime gross of $405 million. That, that seems low lifetime. Yeah. That, well, that's $405 million. That's a half a, that's, that's close to half a billion. Sure. For 60 years though. Yeah, but I mean, mean, but this is, we're just talking about them reselling DVDs. Okay, fair enough. You know, like, like that's, I I just thought that was, I I had found that at at the end of the Wikipedia article. um, And just, yeah, I thought I would. If you're going to be a completionist and watch this movie because you're going through Disney Plus, you're going through the back catalog or whatever. You know what? I can't fault you for that. Somebody might, um, but I don't ever, yeah, I don't ever need to see it again. Yeah, I don't either. Um, 
But uh, we are going to continue watching things. So what are we going to do next week? I mean, they did put Frozen on Disney Plus early. Uh, Frozen 2. Frozen 2. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so they... And we haven't seen it. We did not go to the theaters and see that. I don't know why. There wasn't a reason. I just don't... We didn't want to see it. Fair enough. <laughs> we just kind of let that I mean, one I'll, go, you I'll know? I'll grant you that we didn't want to see Frozen 2 in theaters. And we explicitly said, we'll wait for it to come out on Disney+. Plus. And it came early and it actually came early because Disney pushed it up by three months, which is actually kind of incredible. Since folks are staying at home. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a nice little treat. It is. And I really, I, I, it's a I low appreciate bar for them. it. It is a low bar, but also like, or not, that's not what I mean. It's low hanging fruit. That's what I meant. Low hanging fruit. But it's, 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 I'm totally on board if they kind of yeah. do this sort of stuff. And like, I'm really glad that they did. So yeah, I, I'm on board for that. If you want to do frozen two okay yes let's do it look you know what it might be as cringy as this but for completely different reasons completely different i don't think it's going to be racist i i mean there's at least that at least that to look forward to is yeah. considerably less racism god what a bar what a bar oh geez clancy where can they find me on social media uh, well, they can find you on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Josh Watching TV. That's without the G. Yes. Where can they find me? Well, they can find you as CLNCY. That's Clancy without the A on Twitter and Instagram. Yep. Those do exist. And the show is Nonplussed Pod on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Yep. Uh, and we just recently redid our website. So uh, just it up a bit. Look, we're not web designers. It's just a lot easier to interface with than it was. Yeah. We added some links to the podcast or like different ways of listening to the podcast. So, you know, that's all yeah, there. Useful. So, yeah. Um, and if you want to send us a note, some content suggestions, suggest a movie, shout at us, correct us for something, whatever submissions at nonpluspod.com. Yep. Also remember to rate, review and subscribe. We don't really put any money behind this. We haven't done any paid advertising or anything. It's all word of mouth. So thank you for doing that. And if you haven't done so, give us a shout on your platform of choice with some stars or some thumbs ups or whatever, and help us boost our audience a bit. Yes, please. But yes. Thank you all so much for coming on this journey with us. That over there is Clancy. Oh, and that over there is Josh. And we truly, truly are non plus. Yeah. This is what this podcast is about. <laughs> You're welcome that Thanks we've gotten coming on to this, this journey. Point. We are nonplus. We are nonplus. Woof. Night, night, folks. Bye. favorite scenes of the movie where go ahead and open it all the way the foley work on this is just grand <laughs> oh you should ladies and gentlemen lacroix foley work shantae you stay <laughs> foley work that's actually not bad delta works dragged on her foley work <laughs>